Welcome to Drinking Bro Sports Tailgate Legends finale. This is the last show of the season. The swan song? The swan. Is that what you want to call it? Song. It's been one hell of a season. I know I've learned a lot. Why didn't we have the final countdown playing before this? Final countdown. I had a buddy who went and saw um, Europe, I think is the name of the band. They opened with final countdown, played it in the middle, and then finished with final countdown. Have you ever seen the cello final countdown? No. Oh, go home and Google uh, final countdown cello orchestra. It's nothing but cellos. <laughs> and the dudes are like headbanging. That's like tuxedos on. When Michael Scott gets just the stand-up bass jazz <laughs> player for the Christmas party, yeah. it's nothing else but just a stand-up uh, bass player. Yeah, this is actually good though. This is actually it's it's, it's actually really good. It's worth the it's worth the YouTube's. It's worth the YouTube's. It's an oldie, but a goldie. I might even share it out today on Drinker Bros Sports. Uh, but yes, the season is winding down. Uh, Big Dick Daddy Ross is back. He's back. The king He's is back. Uh, right in time for Christmas break. Wonder if he planned it that way. Uh, well, hopefully he eats a lot and fattens himself back up. He's looking rather gaunt. Yeah, he does um, look a little... Which is too bad, too, because I remember right in the summertime... Jacked. I was like, Ross is fucking jacked. And um, I'm sure he'll he'll get it right back real quick, start drinking some baby's blood like the rest of the celebrities out there, and he'll be right back into the swing of things in no time. Yeah, so he comes back. It's a two-week break. We get the call last night uh, that... That we're going to be going away for the season because tailgating, essentially, it's just getting too cold. Travel plans are getting too difficult. Um, and so we're going to put a cap in this season, and, and maybe we'll be back next season. I don't know, unless somebody like better than us pops up uh, in the impossible season. Impossible. So we will be back. But, I mean, it's hard to do a show like this uh, every weekend. I mean, just a week week of planning preparation, getting tickets, trying to figure out which game we're going to go to. One thing I've learned and I don't quite understand is why don't they release the times of the games more than like a week in advance? Uh, well, some games are a TBD a lot of times to be determined because of TV. Um, a lot of times you're going to see now in the NFL this next couple of weeks, a lot of games are flexed. So they plan the season ahead of time. And you have like, you know, the Redskins versus the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. And then it's like, well, now that's not a really great matchup. So let's flex them out and put, you know, the, the Bengals versus the 49ers, a little bit better matchup. And that's why a lot of times they have to have these flex schedules and to be determined because... If you don't, you know, in the beginning of the season, the Seahawks look like they could win that division. Now they suck, right? So now you have them playing in a big spot in a big game. You need to be able to have that flexibility, especially coming to the end of the season where the playoffs are coming up and you want to have the best games possible on prime time because that's where the money is. You got to follow the money. Don't they understand how hard it is for us to plan (laughs) out our tailgates? You know, I think they should consider us more, right? I mean, why follow the money? Why try to make a profit or do anything successfully? All you really should care about is us. All you should really care right. about is making us happy. Um, yeah. Clearly. Make life a lot easier for us. But we don't have the assets that they have. You know? But, it, no. uh, you know, traveling... Uh, this show is extremely expensive and we are so thankful that they even let us do this for a whole year. It was, it was a pleasure. It's been a a wonderful ride. Uh, what was your favorite show? What was your favorite experience? You know, there were so many, there were so many good ones. I don't, I don't know if I have a one specific 
show or one specific moment, but a lot of times, like, I went home for Thanksgiving, uh, went to the old stomping grounds and went to the Kowloon in Saugus, Massachusetts, and it was pretty cool, like, dudes I played football with in high school were, like, coming up and like, hey, man, like, I see what you're doing, like, on Instagram, and, like, you're meeting these people and doing these cool things. That's pretty fucking cool. And not that I need people to remind me, but people have. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm very fortunate. I like, I was in a luxury box suite at Jerry World with Chuck Liddell and Michael Irvin standing on either side of me. And I'm like, is this real life? You know, and there's been a lot of moments where, you know, meeting people like Khalil Ali, you know, and, and having all these times, where I was like, I, I can't believe we're doing this. I'm literally sharing a drink with John Daly. And I'm going to, he's walking by me as he goes up and sings Knocking on Heaven's Door. And, you know, I, went and talked to Rob O'Neill and was like, Hey man, you know, just wanted to say what up to you. You know, I'll leave you alone. He's like, no, 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 wait a second. And he's like, you know what you guys are drinking bros are doing. What Ross and Dan do is so important. Fuck the woke bullshit. Fuck cancel culture. What you guys are doing. We need more people like you. We need, you guys need to be propped up. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is like, this is Rob O'Neill. Like telling me that how lucky I am. Right. You know? And so moments like that, it's kind of like, wow, I'm, I'm super fucking fortunate. And that's what I would tell people all the time. That makes me feel like, you know, people are like, oh, wow, you're so humble. Inside, I'm like, I'm a fucking man. But <laughs> on the outside, I'm like, oh, I'm just very fortunate. I'm so fortunate to be, a, but I am. <laughs> and re realistic, I'm joking around a little bit. But no, I, I, very lucky. I feel very lucky. I never thought I would be in the situations that, you know, I was in this past year, a year prior to that. But um, hopefully there's more to come. Hopefully this isn't, you know, no, I, I the, think there the will period be. at the end of the sentence. No, no, of course not. There's always bigger and better plans ahead for us. But I think my favorite show so far, I mean, the Khalil, the Khalil Ali, the Dr. Ali <laughs> show was um, maybe probably one of those shows that I'll never, ever forget. I think she's one of the most fascinating human beings I've ever met. And it was a total surprise, right? Because like when we found out that she was our guest, I was kind of like... Oh, so she was married to Muhammad Ali at one time? And that, is that what makes her special? Like, And that was the first time I realized that none of that shit matters. That she, one thing that she taught me was that uh, she never ever rode the coattails of anyone else's success. She only, she always created her own success. She didn't live under the wing of Muhammad Ali. She went out, I mean, she was a black belt then. She was on Ebony Magazine as a black belt. She was um, training with, training Bruce, with Lee. Bruce Lee and um, uh, all these other characters, Chuck Norris. And, you know, then she started drag racing and she got her pilot's license and she left Muhammad Ali for cheating. She was like, look, I don't need you, motherfucker. I don't need your money either, bitch. Like, you cheat on me again, I'm out of here, you yeah, know? That didn't define her being married to right. Muhammad Ali was like third paragraph down and yeah. her resume. Yeah, and her resume is phenomenal, man. And she was just, you want to talk about humble. I mean, we went to a very inexpensive restaurant with her and I mean, dude, she was just so friendly to all the people in there and the, the staff and the jokes that she made and the jokes that she told and the time that she spent with us was just so genuine and so nice. And I think like Justin Bieber had texted her like in the middle and she shared that text with all of us. She was like, hey guys, look, just like not as in like a boastful Justin Bieber texting me thing, but she's like, hey, Justin Bieber wants to know what we're doing. What should I say to him? And like, she's like, do you guys want to like, you know, come together? I know you guys probably think it's cool that Justin Bieber's texting me. So I'd like you to guys like, come on, let's come up with something fun and creative. And so like, she could have just like sat on that and be like, Justin Bieber texting me, bitches. But she was like, no, like I want you guys to be a part of this excitement. What, what should we say to him? Yeah. And another situation similar to that is um, when Robert Jones was on our show, Kevin Sumlin, who was 
Johnny Football's coach and Mike Evans' coach at A&M called him while he was on the show. He was like, oh, should I take this? And it's like, it's just really cool. And his story, too, you know, those are the early shows for me. That was um, Khalila Ali and Robert Jones were like my second and third show that I did. Um, and Robert Jones' story was incredible, too. I mean, those types of shows are timeless. Yeah, Some like, of who, our shows. Uh, like that, his, like he had to... to Lived through two murders. I know. I, I mean, a true come up story. And his son Zay is on the Raiders right now, and he's successful as well. And you know, some of our shows are timely, where we're at a game. We're talking specifically about the game, but some of our shows are timeless, where you can go back in the archives of Tailgate Legends and and listen and or watch the Khalil Ali or the Robert Jones and and watch those people and tell their stories and it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be during remember the first show that we met was at the bone crusher yeah the first man to go 12 rounds with ladies and gentlemen (laughs) the first man to ever go 12 rounds with mike tyson and uh the dude's definitely been punched in the head for 19 years straight as a (laughs) career but um you know it was a podcast and I, i i don't know how many podcasts he's ever been on but we were at a brewery and it was packed right and there was a bunch of people watching and he stops the show because people were talking and he didn't understand that these mics like only pick up us and he was like ladies and gentlemen i'm getting mad yeah. you know and he wanted to like, stop the show because people weren't really paying attention and i was like no 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 it's a brewery like these people are just hanging out um but that was fun and awkward <laughs> uh, but he was like he was cool you know we went out to, to dinner with him and that guy can eat um that was a hard tab to pick up yeah, I mean, I, I that was the first, well, I guess the second show that I attended, um, if you go way back in the archives, with um, Brian Holt, Strongman. I was actually in the background uh, drinking right here and yapping it up, and uh, that was actually a funny night, too. But the, the Bone Crusher one, I remember watching, I was front and center, and I, right when I saw you say Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> that was the moment where I realized this guy does not know anything about sports. No. And that's why I approached you after the show and said, you don't know anything about sports. But I think you've learned a thing or two along the way, don't you think? Uh, Since then? Yeah, (laughs) I've learned that uh, college football athletes in particular love to flop and fake injuries. Um, They love to cramp up. I don't know. I I feel like if you don't drink enough water before a game, then you are doing a disservice to your team. If you did not prepare your body physically for the duration of the game, then you have let your men down. Could you imagine if a combat infantryman was in Afghanistan in the firefight of his life and he's like, hold up, hold up, guys, Al-Qaeda just goes, everyone, hold on. I'm cramping. I'm cramping. No, you would be like, are you fucking serious? So like dudes are dying because your bitch ass didn't drink enough fucking water and enough fluids before this firefight. Uh, so I did learn that college football athletes generally in today's realm of sports are pussies. Well, that's you say that and sure, maybe you have a point, but you must not watch the NBA because they're much worse than the NBA. And, um, you know, preparation is huge, right? Not just preparation H, preparation H that I saw you apply earlier before the show, but preparation is big. Now, you say, how can you not be prepared and how could you not drink water before? Well, we've had some moments where we weren't prepared, like when we were at Georgia Clemson and it was hot as balls and we forgot a tent and our equipment was overheating. 
and there was smoke coming out of Jimmy's laptop, and we're like, this probably shouldn't happen, and we're bugging out because this is like our first big show, and we're like, oh no, we might yeah. not be able to do this. And we had like one of the bigger crowds with us for that game. It was the biggest. It was the first game of the season, probably one of the bigger games of the season. I think it was like seventy-eight thousand people in attendance, and we have this massive Clemson Georgia tailgate right outside the stadium with the stadium and they were out. Probably the best view we'll ever get. And um, Jimmy is like, dude, we can't do anything right now. Like the equipment is shutting off because it's too hot. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I think we forgot chairs too, right? Yeah, we forgot chairs. (laughs) Um, I think we only had one table or something. (laughs) I I don't know. It was a shit show. But like I literally walked over and grabbed the laptop and just remember being like, ow, oh my, oh my God, like this is legit hot. Like it's not warm. It's fucking hot. And so we had to postpone the, the tailgate. And then in the middle of the show, if you remembered that car, that yeah, was like we almost got run over. It was a Karen, it was a true Karen, big time Karen, big time Karen. She was like, "Uh, no, you'll move those tables. This is a free parking lot. This is public. You have to move." And we're in like, the "Middle of the show, we're not doing that." Getting run over. She barely like nicked our table as she oh, went into. We actually had to have a a, a fan's butt on camera for a split second. <laughs> His belt buckle and everything. Oh uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> and if you want to go back and watch that on YouTube, hammer that like button just in case. <laughs> but um, but the funniest part is too, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum. Again, coming from the land of the ice and snow, I am of the north. But I was freezing at App State. Oh, yeah. not App State. Sorry, um, Winston Salem. When we went to oh, Wake Forest, right. NC State. Well, I think we were all freezing at that game. My feet had never hurt. I and I was underprepared too because I'm like, I'm in North Carolina. It doesn't get cold in North Carolina. I didn't realize where exactly we were. We were elevated. We were a little bit into the mountains almost. And holy shit, I was freezing. My face froze and dried and cracked up and eczema started going all over my face and I'm like, I'm going to die. But I just realized, no, it's just, you're really cold and dry. Yeah, I think uh, I was definitely the Boy Scout there. I supplied yeah. a poncho and a jacket to uh, Jimmy, our producer. I provided a jacket to, uh, or a flannel of some sort to, to yeah, Joe. And a sweatshirt. And, yep. and a sweatshirt. And, um, and you know, of course, I, I was layered to go. So I was good, except I didn't wear thick enough socks. I was wearing church socks that day. So it was like, well, another memorable Wait, moment. Church for me. socks? Yeah, I'm wearing them right now. Those socks you wear, dress shirt, church. dress socks, oh, dress socks, church socks. I call them church socks because back in the day when I was growing up, you had church socks and you had play socks, and you weren't allowed to wear church. You socks. went to church? Oh yeah, I think you're an example. Voluntarily, uh, church does not help. If Tansy no, went to church no, no. his whole life, um, <laughs> no, I, I voluntarily went to church uh, as a as a youth. Uh, I was I was into it. I was a surfer and uh, you know, big uh, Jesus guy. They were yeah. They had like little church on the surfboards out in the water. And that was a cool thing to do back then. It was called Three Fins Out. So if there's anybody out there that's listening that was part of the Three Fins Out movement, um, it was it was something. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we we've, we've manned the elements. We talk about hot. We talk about cold. It poured on us at Duke. Oh, Duke! Yeah, where it was raining and, and we were in a flood. <laughs> yeah, and then it opened up for a second and then it rained back down on us again. But that was a fun game to watch. We were in the front row. We were right down on the field. Yep, and. Uh, it was interesting. I, th- I think you got stung by a bee or something. No, I thought I was going to get stung by a bee, and I was afraid because yeah. I don't like to get stung by a bee, and you just straight clapped it. And I've never seen someone just clap a bee. Oh. And it's weird because it's something like, it's like getting a I shot. I got stung by a bee. You did. That was, what, a couple couple shows ago. Yeah. But the thing about, like, bees, to me, like, I hate needles. I can't even watch someone on TV, like, shoot up heroin. You know what I mean? I can't, mm. I can't watch that. It gives me the willy-nilly jillies. Now... I had to get a tetanus shot because I got bit by a dog last year. And I was like, please no, please no. And then I got it. And I'm like, that's what I was bitching about? It's the same thing as a bee. You don't want to get stung or a spider. Don't bite me. But if it actually happens, it's really not that bad. It's like 
the beforehand, the idea of getting stung or the idea of getting a shot is worse than actually receiving. It. Absolutely, absolutely. And the one one of the funniest tailgate moments I think was when the girl, the very beautiful girl, uh, cougar, right? She was a cougar when she fell out of the chair. Oh. <laughs> that was cougar status, right? Uh, she was of cougar age. Okay. She, oh, that would be a gilf. She, she was, was a gilf. Um, so yeah, that was the that was the NC. She that was jacked. The, that, oh, she was such good. A little shape. too muscular for me. Uh, I think she had fakies. Um, I think she had a dress on, and I think when she fell, I saw up that dress. Okay. Luckily, she was wearing panties that day. Yeah, uh, but they she was black, awesome. She was really funny. She was, she had a great attitude. That whole tailgate had a great attitude. And then we the mimosas. And then she fell out of the chair. Hilarious. Um, and then we walked over to, so another tailgate had came over to watch our show, <laughs> invited us to come and eat some of their food, and then found out that Dan Holloway had just recently been on Tucker Carlson, and once they found that out, they kicked us out of the tailgate. And let us just say, now, specifically and especially, that was at UNC at Chapel Hill. That was my least favorite tailgate. Now, listen, the thing is, there were some assholes there, too, and there was actually a lot of good people there. There was actually, you know, friendly people that enjoyed us, enjoyed our show, enjoyed everything about Drinking Bros., but there's always one person, Karen. right? There's, and that'll she had ruin... Karen haircut, too. Oh, everything about her. And she her. was fat. Yes. I mean... Yes, she was. <laughs> but, um, but anyway. We don't fat shame, though. And let's be clear. We don't kink shame, but we do fat shame. Listen, sure. Joe Rogan, the great Joe Rogan, always says that fat shaming works. It works. Obviously, shaming doesn't work because you're still wearing pajamas on airplanes. And I still will. I always will. I'm not wearing pajamas today, though. I almost did. I went when, um, all spiffy and wore a flannel instead of uh, my comfies. I got to go Christmas shopping. I found out this week that my son has never been to a mall. They've never been to a mall. I s so I'm going to take him to a mall. No, I'm not going to take him to Crabtree. I'm not a fucking savage. Uh, I'm taking him to the Triangle Town Center. Yeah, I know. It's even worse. But um, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I could take him to the Durham Mall, but they just had a mass shooting there. A couple yeah, no thanks. Ago, so not going to go no. there. Uh, but yeah, I think the UNC Chapel Hill game, although that was one of the better food tailgates, we had Wagyu beef burgers for that tailgate. Bougie. Um, bougie as fuck. Another uh, a great tailgate, maybe one of my other favorite tailgates was at Manning's Restaurant. Howard Manning joined us on a couple of shows as a chef, making us some great tailgate food. And he's just such a character. Needs his own podcast for sure. But, um, you know, that was a lot of fun being with Micah from, um, from the clamps, spring back, spring back clamps. And then, you know, out of that spawned them calling us back almost a year later yeah. and saying, hey, man, we've got this guy that's about to break the burpee record. And we literally did a show in the fucking Thunderdome. Yeah, that was the Thunderdome. It was a little bit hard to hear at times. Very um, hard to hear. I, I haven't listened back to the audio yet, but I'm sure it sounds great. But at the time, I mean, you weren't that far away from me. But I was could not, all I could see was like your mouth moving, and I'm like, I I got nothing, man. I have no fucking idea. There's a guy jumping up and down behind me. I think he's gonna puke. If not, I'm probably gonna puke. Um, Do you notice I put you on that side of the table because I knew that in my brain, I was like, if this guy throws up, he's probably gonna throw up right here. So I'm gonna <laughs> so we're gonna put Joe right over there. Stand by me, projectile vomit. <laughs> it's likely the clearest audio that we we had gotten. It had almost zero bleed in from the other audio from the back. Huh. Wow. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was loud in there. It was very and loud. He came but up it was just very short. Exciting. It was a very yeah, exciting. It was show. exciting. He came up just short, but his attitude after—I mean, that—I cannot stress enough that that was inspiring because yeah. I would have been so fucking down. I would have been like, I let everyone down. I embarrassed myself. He I did that for nothing. Fuck. He was like, I'll be he back. Give a fuck. He's like, I'll be back. He's like, uh, training on the gym on Monday. 
You go straight to jail. <laughs> That's my. I, I don't think he impression. sounded a lot like that, but um, hey, it's worth. You're not doing the burpees straight to jail. Uh, yeah, he had a, a great accent. I was like, "What is that accent, New Jersey?" He was like, "No, it's Honduras." And I was like, "How about another shrimp on the Bobby, mate?" Uh, no, I don't even think it was Honduras. I have no idea what it was. Um, this holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. As the first company to sell premium wireless services online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton. When phone plans starting at just $15 a month, I've been using Mint Mobile long before the holiday deal, and I have to say it's the perfect time to switch. We use Mint Mobile on the Failure to Stop call-in show on Tuesday nights, the night shift. And listen, we've used the Mint Mobile uh, phone many times at tailgates. When we were in Boone and App States, our Verizon phones were not working. Um, and luckily, we have our Mint Mobile phone. And, you know, for, it's shocking. I, it's it's a better plan. I can't. I We love our Mint Mobile phone. It's the only phone I use. Going forward, it's the only phone I'll use. Um, but this, this holiday deal is super. I'm going to take advantage of it. Uh, it's my kids are about the age where they need a phone, and so uh, they may, going to the mall. They may be getting a phone, a Mint Mobile for Christmas. Mint Mobile's best offer of the year is here for a limited time. Buy any three month plan and get three more months for free by going online only because they don't have. This is why Mint Mobile is such a good deal is because they don't have retail stores which take up so much more money. Everything is done online. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, high speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data that you never use. Uh, use your phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month. That's a perfect plan for any child, any teenager, or any adult uh, for that matter. It's, it's a great plan. Trust me, that's the plan that we have right now on our uh, Drinking Bros Mint Mobile, and it's Perfect. Called uh, for right now, limited time. Buy the three-month Mint Mobile plan. Get the three months free. MintMobile.com slash Drinking Bros. D-R-I-N-K-I-N Bros. That's MintMobile.com slash Drinking Bros. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month. MintMobile.com slash Drinking Bros. And that's Ryan Reynolds' company, I have found out. And um, I saw a commercial. Ryan Reynolds doing a Mint Mobile commercial on my television. And um, Ryan Reynolds. Basically, we know Ryan Reynolds now. Pretty much. I mean, we're homies. We're pretty much tight. We've docked a few times. Basically, best friends. Um, So, we're quick. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) A quick uh, Ryan Reynolds thing. Um, I think it'd be a cool guy. Like, most celebrities suck. Let's be honest here. I'd say 90, almost on politician status. But he seems like he'd be a cool guy to grab a beer with. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Waiting. Yeah, I love it. Hilarious movie. Yes, he yes. is. He's fucking great in and that so movie. So is that other guy that kind of just disappeared off the face of the planet? Justin Long. No, the uh, Dane Cook. Dane Cook. <laughs> what well, happened to Dane Cook? Dane Cook's from Boston. He's is he from. In jail? No. So the thing about he was kind of like is that a sexual. Is that a sexual no. Case? I thought he got canceled. I thought he did some like. Well, everyone gets canceled, but I think the thing with Dane Cook is like he appealed to me big time because it was like middle school humor when yeah. I was in middle school, like tire in the fucking face and he's really animated. Who's in my mouth? But yes. So what he's kinda like to me is like butt rock of music. Sorry, Lastro Lopez, but like Nickelback and Three Doors Down and stuff like that's like. Can butt you rock. take me? That's you? Creed. I really like Creed, actually. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, um, but you're right. Like so, the, like the butt rock and Dan Cook was like the butt comedy, if you will. Mm-hmm. So he flamed out real quick. He was in a couple movies like Good Luck Chuck. Was or he whatever. a butt cuck? <laughs> maybe, maybe he was. But they could not make 
waiting nowadays. If you go back and watch that movie within the first ten minutes, most movies. Think about this show, The Office. Can you even recreate The Office these days? I mean, mm-hmm. now they have a warning label before every episode. This may offend you. And it's- I just realized that they have warning labels on movies now that have smoking. Like it'll say rated PG smoking. <laughs> Used to be encouraged back in the day. Those people smoking cigarettes on the news. Pinocchio, uh, like you know, in the, or in the original Peter Pan, like all the Indians, the red-faced Indians in Peter Pan, they're all like smoking. Ah, uh, the peace cigarettes. pipe. No, they were smoking cigars, uh, peace okay. pipes. They were smoking all sorts of shit, but very politically incorrect these days. I think Peter Pan was ahead of his time. I think he was um, gender fluid way before that was a thing. He was wearing tights. Yeah, I'm all in on that. You could see everything. Uh, who? <laughs> uh, speaking of celebrities and cool celebrities, out of all the celebrities we've gotten to meet, which is the list is very long at this point. I mean, we we've met the guy from Insync, uh, Chris Kirkpatrick, Chris Kirkpatrick, uh, Ron White, Ron White, Kid Rock. His name's Bob. John Daly, Ray Cashcare. Adam Ray, Akib Talib, Chuck Liddell, I mean, geez, Michael Irvin. I mean, I mean, Willie Parker, Antoine Harris, Khalil Ali. Who was your least favorite celebrity? Oh, my least favorite? I thought you were going to say most, and I was going to answer very quickly. We'll go, we'll go you, back to you, most. Hold. Let's do least first. Oh, man. My least favorite? Um... Probably Delco Dan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he was your favorite. You guys were like fucking. I know. We had a nice little broman. You took a, a picture of us in Nashville, and um, I posted because he's showing me something on his phone, and I did like, you know, the, the question, what's Delco showing Boston Joe? He messages me, why does this picture exist? <laughs> like, I love you too, Delco. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Fucking Tansy took a picture of it. We were having a moment there. Jeez, um, my least favorite. I don't know if I have a least favorite. I think. I do. Who is it? Adam Ray. <laughs> I don't like the guy. <laughs> I, think I, honestly, he's, I think he's arrogant. I think he's. Uh, uh, I think he's full of himself. I think he's kind of an asshole, and uh, I think he's thinks he's way cooler than he actually is. So the thing with that is, but I've only met him for like one, for one, two nights. I barely talked to him, so I, I don't really have an experience with him. We didn't really. Hey, he said like he asked me what do I do, and I think that's like such a shitty question to ask somebody. Hey, what do you do? Mm. Like. I don't know. I, I I would never start my conversation. So what? So what do you do? Um, I, I'm a janitor. I don't know. Like fucking, you know, who gives a shit? What only one answer? Your mom. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> and um, I told him that I uh, I had recently been a cop, and he was like, "That sucks." And he's like, "So you just spend all your time harassing homeless people?" And I was like, "Fuck you, dude. Fuck you." Uh, that was my attitude. Not sure if he was just trying to be funny, but I kind of took it as uh, he definitely doesn't support the police. And as you know, I'm a huge supporter of the police. So um, I, I just, I really disliked the guy and I thought he had like just a weird attitude the whole time. He was late. Uh, he came in uh, like he owned the fucking place and clearly he didn't. I mean, we're in there with uh, Michael Irvin and Chuck Liddell. They fucking own the place. And, uh, you know, I didn't even know who he was. So, in my opinion, I wasn't a huge. You fan also didn't of that. know who Michael Irvin was. That's true. I did not know who Michael Irvin was. It, to be honest with you, I thought he was a little short to be a basketball player. Jeez. I thought he was going to be a lot taller than that. You know, I I almost wish that I had a least favorite because I would love to trash on someone right now. To be honest, but I feel like I didn't have any. I mean, Kid Rock was a little grumpy, but well, he was sober, so I mean, but like I, I did have an interaction with him. We were grabbing shrimp cocktail next to each other. I was like pretending to be classy, right? And he just kind of went, uh-huh, yeah. so I'm, uh, but I don't want to badmouth Kid Rock. I mean, honestly, I do. I wish that I had someone that I disliked that I could just start shitting on, but I, 
I, I just, I don't. It's crazy, which I am full of hate. So I, I'm surprised sure. right now that I can't. It's, think yeah, it's strange. I mean, you could just say Eric Tanzi. We had our moment in Nashville where I got super drunk and uh, he pushed me into the bushes. Well, he tried to push me into it. Don't a really bush. remember it, but I've heard about it enough times. Yeah, and I pushed you into the bush because you were. And then I think that night I went uh, back to the hotel and I tried to stick my finger in my wife's butt while watching South Park. She turned South Park off and made me take my finger out of her butt. And then she said, uh, stop fingering my butt and turn that show off. And then I said, South Park is my favorite show of all time. I love South Park. And she was like, you've never even fucking seen South Park in the 12 years that we've been together. You've never watched South Park. Get your hand out of my ass and turn the TV off. Get your hand um, out of my ass. And I don't remember any of that, but she enjoys telling that story. And my wife doesn't really enjoy that telling actually me. but that was an interesting trip the nashville trip um you know nashville is a beautiful town i think out of all the towns that we visited so far that was my favorite town how about this what was your favorite stadium of all the stadiums we visited what was your favorite stadium? jerry world was incredible um and the fact that was breathtaking it was and it was like we didn't see a football game that we saw our fight the canelo alvarez fight and it was just like I caught myself just sort of like looking around and yeah. just taking it all in. And it was like 95% Mexicans because one, we're in Texas. Two, Canelo Alvarez is Mexican. So he, it was a home field for him. And it was incredible. Just like the atmosphere. We saw a couple fights from afar. And we were in the nicest suite in the whole fucking place. Yeah. Um, we were dressed dapper. Yeah. Um, you're welcome Which to that. Which was funny because it was like everybody told us like, hey, bring boxing attire. Ross said, bring boxing attire. And I, I called Boston Joe and I was like, hey, he's told us to, to bring you know, fight attire. Which I think you went out and bought a suit, didn't you? Yes, I did, because I did not own it. Uh, I was fucking classy as fuck anyway, so I already had many to choose from. So all those church? Many fine Sundays you church were going Sunday to. Suits. So we pick out our suits and everything, and we literally get to Jerry World. And this is a great story, but we, we get there to Jerry World, and we took an Uber. And we we didn't go with the crew. An expensive Uber. We, we didn't go with the crew, so we took an expensive Uber, Uber and we get to the front of the stadium, we jump out and we're just like in all we're taking all these pictures. It's a massive building, right? And we get in there and we got our cell phones, we got our tickets, and we cannot find our seats on any map anywhere in the stadium. And so we go to this this guy wearing a bright green shirt that says like security. And we're like, hey man, uh, we can't find our seats anywhere on any of these maps. And he's like, Let me see your seats. And he goes, Oh, come with me. So he takes us over to like a little tiny office with some the guys security with orange guys. This guy's got a supervisor shirt on and he shows him our tickets and he goes, Oh man, who the fuck are you? Oh, it don't matter. Get in the front, you get in the back, let's go. So they take us to these elevators. We go down the elevator underneath Jerry World. It's like going underneath Disney World. And we go to the suite, we knock on the door. Chuck Liddell rips open the door and he's like, Where have you been? And we're like, Dude, we got lost. We couldn't even find our suite. Um, we were walking all around looking at all the maps and he's like, What did you do coming through the front? We were like, Yeah. And he goes, Peasants. <laughs> We, yeah, we learned. We we realized real quick. We are. Uh, we were the only ones wearing suits. We were the only ones well, no, dressed couple, up. A couple other people dressed up. Maybe didn't look the girls, as good as us. The girls were dressed up. You know us. You know Dan Holloway wasn't getting dressed up. Ross was a little dressed up. Chuck had a nice shirt on. And he had a, a shirt that said, like, violence is the answer or something. Was that shit. the day he wore that? I don't know. He had his Pokemon. Well, he had his camouflage uh, fanny pack on and his Pokemon cell phone. Well, my first interaction with Chuck Liddell. He was my favorite, by the way. He um he puts down his phone, and I was like, oh, is that a Pikachu case? I love Pokemon Chuck. And he's like, my daughter gave it to me. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, oh. Anyway. But then I later asked him about his penis. So yes, you that's did. always a, a high... Highlight, high moment in my life. That I, I don't get think to, I've ever seen. I mean, he laughed extremely. 
he was he was like genuinely laughing. Like yeah, he was. I think he didn't want to laugh. I, I think he was like, this is out of my character, but I can't yeah. stop laughing. I think um, he realized real quick what he got into too. You know, being the part of the drinking bros, where he's like, I'm going to talk about these fights, and then we're over here talking about you know Ross asking about his fuck game. Chuck, yeah. how's your fuck game? So I think you know he's assimilated and he's a, he's a part of the crew and everything. But um, but yeah, those were. Some yeah. interesting moments. I never thought I would be drinking whiskey with John Daly or um, asking Chuck Liddell about his penis. But. Right. I, I, my, two of my favorite celebrities, they're definitely Chuck Liddell and Khalil Ali. They're, those were my two favorite moments. Uh, my favorite stadium, though, was not Jerry World. My favorite stadium was App State. Yeah, I think it was the most pick. beautiful stadium with the mountains just like peering over. You're sitting on the guy. The whole game was like a... A Grateful well, Dead concert. <laughs> it was like weed was everywhere. Yeah. Everybody was on the grass, in, grinding on each other. <laughs> um, you know, just moving. The, just everybody was happy. The chants, the songs, everything about that tailgate, everything about that stadium. We got to storm the field that night, which was was incredible. Just aside from the energy of the tailgate, the stadium really was the most beautiful stadium yeah. I think we visited. No, I agree. Um, especially it's an outdoor stadium. But, no, the view was great. And the atmosphere, that that was one of my favorite places we went to. Just everything about it because I like balance. And I mentioned this about App State before in Boone. It's you got your good old boys with screaming, let's go, Brandon. But then you also have these hippie dippies who are like... Also screaming, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, also screaming, let's go, <laughs> I think everybody um, was at that game. But, sure. But it was. I love balance like that where you have your good old boys and you have your, your hippie dippies. Yeah, the sun is right in my eyes right now. So um, this is just more product placement for Instill <laughs> Distilling Company. That's all it really is, is get that kid an Instill hat so that we can get more advertising. Yes. For Instill Distilling Company, but it looks like we have some more advertisers too, don't we? Speaking of advertisers, uh, the one sponsor that was with us from the beginning, every single show, day one homies, paid for us to go to so many games, paid for the tickets. I mean, over, over, and beyond. And they're my favorite network sponsor. They do great for failure to stop for all the shows across the board, and that is Ghostbed. They have been a loyal sponsor of the Drinking Bros for five years, and after Christmas, we're going to be saying over six years because they they have signed on for another contract with Drinking Bros, um, and so just absolute loyal sponsors, the best beds. Everybody in the network's got one, and everybody raves about them. My favorite part is they're made in the good old USA. USA. I'm really going to miss doing that. Every mattress has a 20-year warranty. Some even have 25. You can try them out for 101 nights, not 98, not 99. If you don't like them, you can easily return them. No hard feelings. But you won't. Uh, and another one of our favorite parts about Ghostbed is that they have that cooling technology. So even though that we're here in Texas... Are we in Texas? No, we're not. We're in North Carolina. Please read verbatim. Please read verbatim. I feel like I feel like president. Uh, I feel like a president reading a uh, <laughs> a prompt here. Um, but if you get hot like you do here in North Carolina in the summers, that cooling technology can really keep you cool while staying hard. Stay hard while staying cool on a ghost bed. They offer bundles so that you can get everything you need. You don't even have to really think about it. Just choose from their four mattresses and then pick your bundle. So whether you just need a mattress in a frame or you want it all, I want. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Real quick, Mike thinks he can sing, I think. Mike, you cannot sing. No, no, no. I no. can't either, but at least I don't pretend. No, you can sing. You don't sing great, but you, <laughs> you can sing. Mike's like falsetto um, is just too, like, I don't even know. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever just happened there was like angels uh, descended from heaven. 
and came all over our face. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, oh, Nephilim? They created the Nephilim when they that, fucked people? The angels? That, Biblical? Uh, what? That escalated quickly. But if you like their po- cooling pillows and sheets, you can get the best bang for your buck. Right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and adjustable base. God, I got to go to church after this. Uh, 30% off of everything if you use that code DRINKINBROS. That's D-R-I-N-K-I-N-B-R-O-S at GhostBed.com forward slash DRINKINBROS. You can buy a mattress for like $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing, up to 60 months. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking rose speaking of church another guest that we take had. me to church anyway uh john murray oh! i think he prefers jonathan we did it right was, here at the insult it was honestly one of my favorites just because of what we were talking about and i joked around about angels coming on my face and giving me crispy clean nice skin yes but that is a kind of biblical story about the Nephilim, right? Where the angels come down and fuck the beautiful woman of Earth and create giants and Nephilim and all this and that. And I remember asking Jonathan Murray, like, why is that taken out of the Bible? Why is, you know, the... uh, It was um, Jonah's grandfather, and his name is slipping my mind right now, the Book of Enoch. That's what it is, the Book of Enoch. Why is it taken out of the Bible? I thought as a guy who is a devout Christian, a full-on Christian... I mean, he has a Christian YouTube channel with... Over 500,000 subscribers. But he is at least open-minded enough to have the conversations that we had with him, which I think it's was a great super, yeah, super important and great that he was able to be like, no, it's Jesus is the answer and there's no other thing. I think he falls under that group of um, non-denominational type yeah. Christians where they yeah. have For sure. faith, but they know that as time progresses and knowledge progresses... So should we? Yeah, right. Dope. Yeah, he's he's a good guy, and just generally, he's a as a good person. I, it was really funny. I went to a heart. He can sing, by the way. Oh yes, he can <laughs> sing, and I was in his music video, yes. which is really really cool. Yes. Um, uh, this is war. Uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube. This is war music video by Jonathan Murray. You'll see my beautiful face in there a few times. But uh, I went into a random hardware store, and this woman goes, "Oh my God, I know you," and I was like. Ooh, because we are in the podcast world, and so people don't know your voices. Like, I wore this Guns Up Giddy Up shirt to Nashville, and this guy was like, Guns Up Giddy Up, I fucking love Failure to Stop, man, Wolfpack. And then I was like, yeah, baby, Wolfpack. And he walked away, and my wife goes, you know that he has no idea that you're the host of that show, right? <laughs> like, if you would have told that guy you were the host, you would have made his fucking year. He just saw the shirt, because all they hear is a voice. They don't see a face. So uh, I walked in the store, and I knew it wasn't that this lady watches YouTube, and I was just kind of looking at her like, ooh, how do you know who I am? She was like, you were in the Jonathan Murray music video. <laughs> I was like, I was in that music video, yes. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite music videos of all time. You've been like, hell yeah. And I was like, shit, you want to give me a discount on these, uh, on this uh, petrol fuel that I'm about to buy here? <laughs> but um, uh, no, I mean, Jonathan Murray was really great. And then we had Susie. Uh, the sex expert, the sexpert who has sex. a sex blog. Uh, yeah, and you were podcast. off the rails on that one. Oh, I love talking about sex. We all know that. There, Jimmy, you should. Christian you got to go back on that that show and somehow can like get drops of Tansy doing Tansyisms and play them on Failure to Stop. I was. Drunk. Are you gay? Uh-huh. Am I gay? Blah. That was when the. Blah was I was. Born. I had to be drunk. Well, I wasn't. My plan wasn't to get drunk on that show. But when she started out with. Um, 
What was the the first sentence she came out with? With uh, oh, um, tantric. Uh, no, no, it was like not coming. Yeah, holding your comeback. Holding your comeback. I, I forgot that, the the term, but she used like the scientific word for it, and I was like, obviously, we didn't learn. You know? <laughs> I laughed uh, my ass off. Oh, semen retention. Semen she started retention. the show off with semen retention, and I giggled, and then I just started sucking down whatever drink uh, <laughs> Dave was bringing us, and I just went one after the other. And he was sucking something it, down. I don't remember any of the questions I asked her, which were they were all sexual and perverted. Because yeah, look, I'm a fucking dirtbag, right? Uh, that's why I have four kids because I can't stop, won't stop <laughs> failure uh, to fornicating stop. Um, with my wife, with my wife. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. But, uh, it, you know, it was that was a very fun show and that was again with Manning and, you know, the crazy thing is we've gotten to work with two extremely amazing producers. We, we started out with Noel who, who was incredible because it was during uh, COVID. He was one of the main uh Sound technicians for for Sting, um, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, his his parents are he. The, Willie Nelson's the godchildren, the godparent of his children. Uh, they hang out with Willie. Uh, they talk on the phone a bunch. Neil Young. Uh, Neil Young, going and writing books with these guys and going on these like crazy. Uh, hey, he was just with, with Sturgill Simpson. Um, and just Great. his professionalism and, and because they weren't touring, he came on board with the with us on our podcast and worked with us for probably six or seven months, maybe more. And his professionalism was by far, I've, I learned so much about just genuine professionalism, showing up on time, uh, you know, how to not pay attention to the celebrity and really owning the production aspect of everything. And it was just really good at learning experience. He was way out of our league. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously COVID ended and he got to go back on tour, um, doing, you know, big stuff with big people. But, you know, the fact that he was humble enough to come and work on a small podcast with us, uh, was inspirational and it was just, yeah, you know, especially when he, nice. he didn't agree with most of the stuff we were talking about, you yeah, know? but no. he didn't get in the way of that ever. ever. Um, and also, you know, we've been lucky enough to have some pretty good chefs on too. You talked about Howard Manning, Joe Puhok. Every time Joe Puhok would show up and make something... I was in. Yeah. And even stuff that I never would have tried. Like we, um, I forget what you call it, feng shui, whatever the fuck it was. Some Asian. I think feng shui is the girl that went, that disappeared in China. She got kidnapped. <laughs> is that her name? Fuck you, China. Anyway. Um, eh. Feng shui is actually a form of decorating in which you create flow and positive chi within your home. Oh. So, Jimmy, there's a switch right there to turn off your mic. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got the producer, Jimmy. The overpaid producer, Jimmy. You're like, wait a minute. Oh, oh wait. You know who I fucking hate? <laughs> yeah, the best part about Noel was that he never grabbed a microphone. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We told him to eventually, actually. Um, I liked what Noel had to say. Yeah, because he, Noel He didn't was, like what I had to say, but hey. Yeah, Noel always brought something fun to the table, but uh, the food that Joe Puhok brought was incredible. Uh, I remember the first meal that uh, Chef Puhok made for us was... Um, Wagyu beef Rothless burgers uh-huh. with Willie Parker and I call them burgers, but okay. <laughs> it was uh, they got raped this last weekend by the the Vikings, um, yeah. who be who lost to the Lions. And I saw somebody redecorated the Steelers logo, but they put the Lions and stars <laughs> instead of the stars. Which well, is really the, cute. the Steelers also tied the Lions, Buddha. Remember Buddha? Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> we, we had a we had a manager uh, for a little bit, um, and and it was he was a lot of fun, and he did a lot of our hard work with us. But then we realized that uh, saw Buddha Friday night that was expensive, and uh, we were grown up enough as we learned um, that we could probably do a lot of the scheduling ourselves. <laughs> um, but he of. was essential in the beginning when we were 
having never have done this before and, and scheduling flights and Ubers and traveling around the United States and going yeah, to I really, in Austin. I really felt like a part of the team in the beginning when um, you guys booked the flight to Austin when we went and did the Super Bowl show with, you know, all the boys and girls out there and um, you and Buddha sat together and you had me sit far away from you two. That's when I really was like, I, I'm really a part of this now. I'm really a part of this team. They don't want me to sit anywhere near them. That's but then you were wearing pajamas. And, but the joke was on you because later that week, that weekend, we ended up snugging on that ghost bed and watching Tom Brady win his seventh Super Bowl, which I got to say, I know I'm a fucking homer, but I don't care. I'm all in, baby. Now, Mac Jones is going to the Super Bowl and defeating Tom Brady, Joe Stradamus, final prediction of the year. Patriots win the Super Bowl against the Bucks. Mac Daddy Jones and Bill Belichick flex their Who was box. your favorite drinking bro? My and of all the drinking bros that came to see us, that hung out with us, who is your favorite? Wow, there's just so many. I mean, we had... Hmm. That's a, you know what? Let me. I'm gonna have to circle back on that one and really think Ooh, about that. A little one. circle back, girl. Aren't yeah, you? a little circle back. Cause I ain't uh, no circle back. Girl. I think the Who, one, wait the two that went all in. Why haven't? Why isn't there a parody song of the, I ain't no, no circle, circle back, back girl? girl. Jen no Saki. Back girl. Jen Saki Saki. Um, I'll, I'll look. I think that there's two okay. that we have to pick, maybe, and then I'll just pick one and you pick whichever one I don't pick because oh. they're both equally maybe or, or if you don't think so but I think Ben Marsh and Austin have been to the most uh, tailgates and have been in the live chats Austin more than anybody else of Austin course we can pick Oscar one. Lopez yeah. but he works for yeah he's Marsh. part of the team so you pick Austin I'll pick Ben um, those two have been in every show have seen every show and Austin's a diehard though I mean he showed up even without telling us, we've just found us in the parking lot sometimes. Austin, you're the, you're the real MVP. Austin. He is. He, he would find us uh, so randomly at some of these games. And yeah. he would always bring tons of booze. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. And he got rocked at yeah. the NC, NC State, State game. game. He got Oh, my gosh. Rocked. <laughs> he sure did. That was fucking awesome. But then... um. But then later on, Jimmy did the rock in, in the stands. So. Well, that's right. We, we went to NC State, and Jimmy, our producer, that's when I first like, drink. Yeah, I found out Jimmy was crazy on that yeah, night. That was that's fun. When I first that was a lot of fun. I that saw that a, look in his eye. That was when we brought um, Katie Lane on for the first time. Someone else, who I also saw Friday night. Fell in love. Oh, did you? I did. I ran into her Friday night. Ran and, uh, into her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She into. was uh, like, did you get in uh, full Katie form. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. loving you. Just <laughs> just lusting over your, your blue eyes. Oh, you're yeah. so beautiful, Joe. Uh, you think that she's the only one that does that to me, though? No. No, of course no, not. No, no, no. You've snagged a couple of girls from these shows, you dirty dog. Can either confirm nor deny. Listen, I can't help if I'm handsome. Okay, I so what was your favorite girl? <laughs> hey, oh. Oh, and I guess we have down. your mom. We have your mom as being one of the biggest fans as well. She has been in a lot of live chats. Well, I was, yeah, she. I was She's gonna, my favorite. Your mom's my favorite. I was, my mom's mom my favorite too. My favorite. I would, listen, I, my mom knows this. I would be nowhere without my mother. But that's also because I don't have a dad, which was, again, an ongoing joke. I just want to thank God that my mother did not watch a single one of these shows. Well, that's what I was going to say when you brought up Susie and the sex cast that we had because she yeah. was it was very early on and she was so proud and posting, oh, my handsome son is doing his you know, radio bit or whatever it is. And um, I called her up. I was like, mother, I know you listen to all my shows and you post them, but maybe this one you can uh, sit this one out. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then she watches it in 10 minutes and she's like, Joseph, I don't think I can continue. Once I heard you 
use the term analingus, <laughs> I think I was out. <laughs> we did talk about analingus on that show. It's 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 ass eating season, baby. It is ass eating season. Uh, yeah, Pinecone Day is coming up. So for all you nooners, you Ross Patterson Revolution nooners, uh, Pinecone Day, one of my favorite days of the year. Well, the first interactions I ever had with Drinking Bros was uh, I started out as a nooner before I was a podcaster for Drinking Bros, and um, I sent a pine a box of pine cones that I decorated for Pinecone Day. And they got returned to sender months later. Like I sent them before December 12th. Um, I sent them like in like late November so that they would get there. And they got returned to sender in like February. But I remember thinking like, man, I really do like them, but they must be so popular that I decorated these pine cones and they didn't even give me a shout out. Like these guys must be really busy. They never got them. It's like that song from Eminem, Dear Stan. Where the dude like murders his girlfriend and then finally Eminem reads the note. Yeah. I wonder if that's I, a true story. Well, I figured that now with uh, your instant success with Failure to Stop, that you, I wonder if there's a couple uh, stansies out there. Uh, some stands of Tansy. Some no, stansies. I don't, well, Which, by the way, Transy lives on, baby. It is never going away. Boy, that is not going away. I, uh, I actually got a call from the network after the show that I said, um, now that I'm like, you have like the one of the number three shows on the on the network. I'm going to demand that I they change the label or I'm not resigning my contract. And like I just got a message back that said, "Well, you won't have a fucking job because <laughs> we're not rechanging that transvestite looking photo of you. So you're not that big time. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm not that successful. Maybe if you grew some facial hair, people wouldn't get you Face mistaken of, for Ellen Ellen DeGeneres. Face of <laughs> that was really funny that somebody pulled she was almost wearing the same suit jacket <laughs> that I was. And they said who wore it better, me or Ellen DeGeneres, but uh, oh, that Ellen. show that show has been um, has been pretty fun as well and and hopefully that that paves the way to uh, you know to get an Ellen show, on your show to get this show back on its feet uh, for the holiday. Hopefully we'll have enough followers. Maybe if you dance around in an Ellen suit and do an Ellen parody show and you, you know, dance around and appeal to all the middle-aged housewives out there, then maybe we can be as successful as Ellen DeGeneres. And I think I think we'll probably have some more like pop-in stuff where it's like the Super Bowl show. They might have us come back for, sure, for the hope Super Bowl so, show. I would love to see Mac Jones win. So maybe we could start the uh, Ellen DeTransius show. Eric DeTransius. Oh, okay. I, I see what It's really roll off the tongue, but you, you're onto something, I think. <laughs> uh, but Ellen rolls off the tongue quite a, quite a bit. I bet you she can eat a pussy. Who was um? Oh, I'm sure. But who was it? Who was she with? She's with um the woman really? from isn't she Arrested really, Development? I isn't thought she really right. Pretty. Yeah, she's she's with the chick from Ellen um from Arrested Development. Look, look her up, up since you got a, a Ellen, laptop out in front of you. Ellen's and wife. while we're on that subject, let's talk about some of our favorite lesbians. Yeah, Portia something. Oh yeah, Portia De Rossi. Yeah, and she's cute. She's in Arrested Development. And, uh, oh yeah, she's really pretty. She's a lot prettier than Ellen, which is what people say about my wife to me. Well, you want to know something though? Usually, with I'm going to stereotype here, but with lesbian couples, this you know Ellen just looks like a bitch though. Like she looks fake as fuck. She got that Hillary Clinton look to her. Yeah, which we we are not fans of Hillary and um, Killer. Glenn Maxwell has sleeps with one eye open these nights in prison. Waiting for the day that Hillary comes. These sleepless nights are tearing me, tearing me apart. Is his button next to my switch? Um, no, you guys never heard that song? No. No, I think you just wrote that. No, it's uh, with Dangerous Games, right? These dangerous games are tearing me. Who, who wrote that song? Your rendition uh, was Ellen, horrible. Almost, Ellen almost got canceled during uh, COVID. I thought she did. Because she, she was she mean. Did. Well, she did get she canceled. She to find her way back in. But she didn't get fully canceled. Like, oh, she's gone. 
you know, she went silent for a little bit, similar to the way uh, Jimmy Kimmel did. Mm. When know? he was in blackface making fun of Carl uh, Malone, it's funny how that he works. Said he's sorry, and it's okay. We don't forget Jimmy. Jimmy Kimmel used to be cool. He used to be on the Man Show and used to be like, yeah, or leaning into the whole I thing. Remember if you look up, like, he would have Slipknot on, like huge performances. Like, who? What night show has Slipknot? Yeah, on? and he, you know, like, anything that is woke goes to shit. Like uh, the former president. Some would say that he's still the president. I'm not in that camp. But let's be honest here. Watching Joe Biden be a train wreck isn't as fun as the train wreck that was Donald Trump. Trump was a train wreck, too, but at least he was a fun train wreck. At least you could laugh with him. He was a train wreck that you could afford to fill up your tank and listen to. Yeah, I remember when gas was $1.99. We, we listened after we watched the SpaceX launch. We were driving back, and Trump spoke. And I think anybody that doesn't like Donald Trump needs to listen to the speech he did after SpaceX launches people up. Like, it, it was... You listen to it, you're like, oh. Well, that's the new um, sort of, I don't know if it's QAnon, but the sort of right-wing take and conspiracy theory, if you will, is they're going to try to make Trump the Speaker of the House, So, <laughs> which is hilarious. I have audio on my phone. I got stopped in a Harris Teeter. I was getting coffee. Um, my chip in my car didn't work, and this lady was kind enough to pay for my coffee. So she wanted to talk a little bit, so I was trying to like be nice back because she did that kind gesture. She starts, she's a QAnoner, I guess is what it is, right? She's telling me that this was on a Wednesday. She was letting me know that to be prepared because on Friday, the reason my car didn't work is because Trump's underground force was redoing the entire bank system so they could shut the world down. He was going to take over the air. This is not a joke. She was telling me this in a Harris Teeter. He's going to take over the airwaves. I'm telling you, they have the God laser. They have lasers that can take <laughs> down. That the, the queen is already dead. Joe Biden's already dead. All, she's saying all these crazy things. Joe Biden is dead. Man, I don't know what that song is. You guys don't know what that song is? These. Da, da, I, that's what I'm saying. I think he just made it up. Uh, tearing me, tearing me. Sounds like, like every like Christina Aguilera song. But you talked about that whole crazy conspiracy, Jimmy. I'll do you one better. They have people who believe that JFK is still alive. Michael Jackson is still alive. And they're going to be the ones to expose the, the Hollywood elites because you know, Michael Jackson wasn't a, a child diddler rapist who should be dead and should have been dead a long time ago, but that's a whole different story. But then JFK Jr. is also sort of on Trump's side, which adds fuel to the QAnon fire. And um, I might have some relatives who are like, oh, no, 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 it's not QAnon. That's what... Um, oh, we've said that too many times. We're going to get kicked off of the oh, show. That's not <laughs> what the mainstream media wants you to say. It's just Q. Listen, there was a great documentary, apparently, that Joe Rogan raves about. So if Joe Rogan can say it, we can say it, right? We Just go by that Probably. standard. <laughs> um, we did have the Conspiracy Theory show. We did. We had a couple. We had shows. a couple. Um, we had a sports one, and we had a life conspiracy. I mean, I could go all day on conspiracy. Uh, so the one that we did on Failure to Stop got us a seven-day ban on uh, Mike the Cop's YouTube channel. Seven-day ban. What did you say? We that don't was, know. Because it's not the point harassing. So we, we looked up the, the rules of YouTube, and it's when you link people to crimes in conspiracy theories that that's when you get in trouble. So like if but I say Hillary Clinton... No, killed. don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> we, were, we were supposing that an individual was responsible for an event that caused the mass deaths of people. And yeah. in theory, but the way we positioned it was that hey, I think this person did that and it caused this. And that was there in a conspiratorial way. That was harassment and bullying on this like... Which is crazy because that's hmm. a direct hit on freedom of speech, right? Like, So we can't even have discussions 
or inquiries about such behavior. Well, did you see what the new Twitter CEO is proposing? No. So you can't videotape or record anyone without their consent if they're in the media. But if they're not in the media, it's all it's fine. So basically, like Project Veritas. Look it up because that's I, I saw the same thing where they said you cannot uh, record people of of private citizens without their mm-hmm. consent, and it actually excludes. If you read it, it says it excludes people who are high profile. It excludes the media and celebrities, things like that. What it says is that if you Joe or or just like Sally Citizen, you know, um, you can't go out and exploit her image if she doesn't want you to. So if Eric says, don't record me and put that on social media, yeah. and you're just a guy, right? But if you're Eric Tanzi as a Drinking Bros host, then you're just shit out of luck. Yeah. You're high profile. Like, I, I think that's in direct response to the stuff with Project Veritas, though, right? When they were like that guy who or the guy who was working at CNN who was like, oh, fear sells. That's why we talk about COVID every day. And he was on like a Tinder date. So they're trying to get rid of people doing that, though. Isn't that the whole point of what the Twitter problem was? Isn't that what he was proposing? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's scary because it's also yeah. the reason, like, within California, there are issues with the uh, the Planned Parenthood thing, the videos that came out that, that incriminate them, but because they were not given notice that it was being recorded, it's yeah. invisible in any way. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you, I'm sure you know all about this, Tans. You could tell me more about it, but, like, a uh, one-party state and a two-party state. I know in the state of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you need someone's consent, um, and I may have not directly been a part of, but been in a court case that someone tried to record someone else without their consent and used it against them in the court of law, but that person never knew they were being recorded, and there's nothing on the recording that says, you have my consent to record this, whereas I believe North Carolina is different where you don't need someone's consent as Tansy still tries it's to find... Jewel. It was Jewel. These foolish games. Oh, oh, Jewel. These foolish games. I was like searching dangerous. Gosh, dude, I, I was like, I that that show that song exists. I'm sorry. That's. I think that's an extremely difficult thing to say. Like to try to dictate whether you can or can't record when you can and can't record. Because I think let's say you've got somebody on tape that didn't give consent, but it's a videotape of them doing a crime. Yeah. I mean. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. You say, sorry, you can't do that. Well, that's why they have signs, right? That's why they have, like, in a a place like Massachusetts where you need consent, that's why they have signs that say, smile, you're on camera. And that's their way of saying, like, you... Once you leave your curtilage, like, once you leave your, your, the privacy of your own home, fucking free game. What your intent is to record somebody, I think that's, that's important. But I don't think that it should be, like, the guy saying within those companies, hey, this is what we do. If what they're saying is criminal... And your intent was to expose them. I, don't know. I love how this show has turned into like a round table of of what we think about phone calls versus. Well, you were too busy looking up um, a Jewel song that you didn't know. But I gotta <laughs> say, you, I saw that Jewel was on Joe Rogan a little while back, and she I was, was like, Jewel. And she's Jimmy. Cute. You were like, No, dude, you gotta listen to that one. Like her story, incredible. You don't even need to be like a big music or Jewel fan. What's her story? She was like living in like yeah yeah I mean I, I don't want to give it all away but like go listen to it real quick because it's 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 I don't know it's it's uh it's out there basically like 
she was living in her car, speaking like these guys that charged like 300 bucks to, to play and didn't bring anybody. <laughs> she found that, right? Like, seriously, I'm not, I don't care. Yeah, so yeah, we, I own a distillery, and sometimes I hire bands for like 300 bucks, sometimes 600 bucks, and they won't bring one single fan with them. And I'm like, why am I paying you so much fucking money? Like, I'm paying you money to bring people with you, yeah, not paying you money for me to fucking make you famous. So, so back bitch. in the day, Jewel was on her comeuppance where they were at in the area in California, right? That these like record producers and AR reps were going to look for people. So these people were paying to play in bars. People were paying the owners to play. That's what it is in Nashville. Yeah, Nashville and Austin, a lot of places so, like that. So she thought, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I'm trying to make money. I'm not trying to give you money for me to bring you more money. Like, you get to keep the money and you get to keep the money that we generate from the sales of the people that we bring to come see us. Right. So she, brilliantly, while living in her car, poor, homeless, distraught, but still, you know, can't stop, won't stop, failure to stop, <laughs> um, found a... a a coffee shop that was going out of business and started advertising herself, playing for free. All she said was, I just want to keep the money that gets brought into me and like a percentage of something. And the lady was like, well, I'm going out of business soon anyway, but I'll stay open for these extra couple months so you could try that. And within no time, Jewel had turned this whole place around mm. because she was just going out, playing, giving out flyers, generating like word of mouth. She said people were outside of the shop like of the window, just trying to listen. I mean, that's how Flog and Molly got their start. Yeah, and the, and the craziest part about the it, same the same songs. All while living in her car, they played the same songs over and over again at uh, Molly's bar in California, and they played the same songs over and over again. And one day, the guy said, "Man, I feel like we're just flogging Molly's with like we're just flogging Molly with all these songs that we play over and over again." And that's how they got the name Flogging Molly. But they became fucking yeah. famous for it. Yeah, they're better um, than Dropkick. Before we close out the show, uh, what was... Uh, I had one more question uh, while I was Googling Jewel <laughs> and that you guys uh, started talking about whatever the fuck you were talking about, um, whatever dumb shit that was. <sighs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, I, now I've forgotten what the, the oh, question was. did you was. lose your train of thought? I did. I lost my train of thought. That's what happens when you... Uh, try to find your Jewel song. But even before the what we were talking about with Jewel, I mean, her comeuppance, I mean, she was like in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. That's where she's from. Her mom stole a shit ton of money from her and she turned down a million dollars from a record company because she looked into it and was like, ah, residuals, this and that, I'm going to have to pay that back. And um, it's really a great come up story. She's got a great attitude. Rogan gets super emotional with her, which is awesome too. I love when Rogan gets all you know, watery eyed and stuff like that. <laughs> one of the other most, one of the other memorable parts on the show is when we had the terrorist whisper. Oh, of course, Hamity. Uh, that was a, that was a really good episode. Any other episodes that were missing? Oh, geez. I mean, this was something we did one from a pool. Um, <laughs> we did a shirtless podcast in a pool. I funny. mean, come on, who Call else has fucking pods. done that? Say whatever you want about dad us. Pods. I mean, we we were. Um, we went outside of the box on several occasions. We had lots of different drinks that we drank. You made fun of my PBRs. We drank Old Tuffy. That's right. We drank Instill Rum. Absolutely. Makers of the finest rum. Um, I mean, I don't want to drop any other beer brands that we drank because they didn't Deep give River. us advertising, those motherfuckers. Deep River <laughs> did, though. Deep, Deep River, River for sure. Deep River. We can shows. say that. We can say that about Deep River, but um, yeah. you know the other beers that we drank. That it was just fun drinking local beers at all the different local towns that we were at. And, you know, frankly, uh, getting drinking bros up were just buying us drinks, which was wild, right? Like going to some of these shows and then guys like, hey, you know, this round's on us, you know, and like. Drank a lot of Kill shit. Cliff. Big shout yeah. out to Kill Cliff. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, they, the they were with us for a while. Sponsored us for a long time and, um, 
I love the Flaming Joe still. I love but, Joe Rogan. You know, although the season is over uh, for us, um, it doesn't mean that, that sports is over and, and we're still going to be around. We're just not going to be every week. We're not going to be at every tailgating game because we're not going to do this in the snow. It's just it's too much. It's too stressful, uh, especially in the January, February time frame, trying to lock all these things down, especially when we're trying to, to get to bigger events like Super Bowls and then, of course, March Madness coming around in March, which is a lot sooner than you think. So we'll obviously be around. And Drinking Road Sports is still around. So uh, make sure you keep hammering the like button. Keep checking in every week and following us uh, on the social webs. I know that you've got a new... Uh Instagram handled was it Drinking Bros Music? Yeah, Drinking Bros Music. I've been, um, you know, going back and forth and and trying to figure out what's gonna stick, what's gonna make it work because there really isn't any good music podcasts in my opinion. None of that I've found, but some of the best ones that are involved with music have to do with history as well. Um, I love history almost as much as I love music. Okay. All different types. I love ancient history too. That's a different story. But like, obviously, you have Softcore History and Iconoblast. Um, two great shows on the Drinking Bros Network, and maybe if the music, Drinking Bros music, that sort of can be as a part of the history, um, sort of tab on the YouTube files, right? Um, so you know, I'd love. I I get a lot of feedback. I, a lot of people message me on the Drinking Bros music. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should tailgate for a specific concert. So you're doing the tailgate legends, Drinking Bros music, sort of crossover thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm definitely open to more suggestions and what because really that's what it's about you know i can get up here and talk about fucking egyptian pyramids and aliens and tom brady and led zeppelin all day because that's what i love but do people want to listen to me talk about that maybe some do but really it's the audience that you have to get a barometer for and you have to sort of understand what do people want to listen to what are people looking for when they're not listening to ross and dan or they're not listening to you know delco and bob and everything what what else are people looking for? And I think everyone loves music. Um, and to have a, a history component to the music, so it falls under that same category of history too, um, might be sort of the avenue that, to take an approach. But you know, leave a comment or message me at Boston Joe 16 or at Drinking Bros Music. Yeah. Also, a thing too, which is kind of funny, is um, I'm not at 1,000 yet. I'll roll my eyes as Tansy approaches 3,000. Um, but when... when Why almost at 3,000? I think so. I think I checked the other day, and I think you were almost there. I failure to stop. Right? I always like to, if I, I hit a milestone, I like to post. Uh, how does failure to stop have so much more than you? This isn't a knock on you. Anyone who oh. follows failure to stop, how are they not also following you? Uh, well, I spend much more time on failure to stops mm. social media. I do a lot more engaging uh, posts on. Maybe on, that's on, on But wouldn't you stop? think if, like, okay, you follow failure to stop, the next thing should I be literally still, follow like, Eric I went Tanzi. back to so when I they started Eric Tanzi official, that was. Drinking bro said, like, you need to have your own thing outside of your family. And um, that's just posted about family you. Shit anyway. <laughs> but, like, dude, I just hate the, like, the self-absorption mm. of social media. And I'm more proud of my children. I'm more proud of my wife. Um, and, I, you know, one of the things that I, what happened when I started posting on Eric Tanzi Official was people were like, yo, dude, like, I miss seeing your kids and I miss seeing your wife because my honestly like my kids do a lot cooler shit than I do and they're a lot more entertaining than I am and my wife is a lot more beautiful than than I am and and frankly fucking with her on on Instagram and um is a lot more fun than than anything else so I kind of went back to just kind of like more family style posts which I get that a lot of people don't like I think nobody wants to follow somebody to see what's going on in their family but I I don't like posting stuff about me 
Um, it just seems super dumb. And, and I, frankly, I'm just not that interesting. So Failure to Stop is growing because I can post memes on there. I can post funny shit on there. And it's not shit that's like, because yeah. I'm really just not that interesting of a guy outside of saying stupid shit on a microphone. Sure. Um, but I started, uh, you guys were making fun of me when I first started. I only had 300 followers. And yeah. now I'm, I'm almost at 900. Oh, great job. So look at that. It's that like... Like uh, almost a year, 50, 50 followers a month, 20, <laughs> 25 followers a month. I don't know. I, fucking, I have no idea. I hate that it's such a big part of the world that we're in today. I would like to fancy. I just myself. like it. I, I think I, the only reason I put any time and effort into failure to stop uh, and drink a bro sports is because it, it brings me money, right? So, um, yeah, we're close to 10,000 on Facebook for failure to stop, and that really that really turns over into dollars and cents because we sell coffee mugs, we sell t-shirts, we sell Christmas ornaments that are coming out. I mean, like all these things. So when, when you have 10,000 people, you know, if we've got, you know, close to 10,000 on Facebook and close to whatever, four, are we at 4,000 yet? Yeah, we're over uh, 4,000 yeah, maybe on Instagram or whatever in a very f short period of time, which is great. But, you know, that's almost 14,000 people that you can reach whenever you drop a coffee mug or a t-shirt. And so Isn't it weird to think about? I mean, I mean, a year ago today, you would have been like, "Really? Yeah, no, I, I never thought I would be podcasting. You know, owning a distillery was was it and it for me, but podcasting is is very a weird, very very world, very weird world that I live in. Wicked weird. But I love it. I mean, I'm having a great time with it. I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, uh -huh. Which is obviously the biggest fear of doing this business. Pretty much every time you have sex, you don't know how long it's going to last, too. <laughs> well, we but you do idea. it anyway. Like, right? We have an idea. Like it's it's going to be no more than five minutes, um, no less than two seconds. Uh, but you, you know, it's it's like you wake up every day and you and you you don't know is some, there's always somebody out there that's better. There's always somebody that's out there that's more interesting. Um, and literally, I know that I got this position because I went on the Drinking Bros podcast. And, and I said a couple of funny jokes and they liked my voice, I guess, for yep. some, some reason. So the, who's the next guy that's going to come on there and have a better voice or have more knowledge? So it could be taken away from me at any second. And you were and on with the broettes and Jesse Wiseman, who was on our show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. We had the Jesse, Jesse Wiseman on the show. Jesse on our show. Great. That was right after Dallas. Um, and then I, you know, I hope to go to Texas in the immediate future. I hope to, yeah. if I get enough do enough gigs and get enough funds to make a little trip. I hate going on planes, though. Why don't you try to get some gigs in Texas? Uh, that would be tough. That would be tough. Oh, I'm, really? I'm just trying to get gigs right here in North Carolina. You don't think right you now. could just like call a couple of uh, couple bars and be like, hey, I'm coming up from North Carolina. would like to play some music. I charge 150 bucks. Mm, I don't know if it's that easy. I could oh. certainly try, though. Oh. Um, I know my, my buddy Steve, shout out to Steve, is uh, he went over and did a trip to Montana. Oh, got cool. himself a gig there in Montana's Montana. beautiful. Yeah, big sky country. Big Beautiful country. Yeah, lots of snow. He did, he did it for about a girl, though. Oh, he went to go see a girl in Montana? Mm, well, about a girl. Oh, he did it. He sung about a girl? Um, or he, he went? Because he of went because of a girl. Okay. But um, How'd that work out? Congrats on the sex, Steve. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's pretty cool to say that you play in different states like that. I've only played in two. I would love to play in Texas. Of course I would. Um, Going to play in Texas. You got to have a Boston Joe in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but Boston Joe is... A little hotter. <laughs> this is why you don't sing. So rosin up that pick and <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you said rosin up that pick. A debate. Okay. You can debate me on this. All right. Devil went down to Georgia. Was yeah, the first great song. song. The devil's solo was way better okay. than Johnny's. Go back and listen to the song, and it's like a battle, right? They have a violin battle. Yeah. You know, and but it's like, you know, 
the, huh, the devil bowed his head because he knew. I don't ever look. I never beat. think I. I don't, I don't think I ever listen to see who won. Way cooler. Way but cooler. I mean, Johnny's the underdog here. I mean, like if you're the devil, you should be bringing some mad fire. On I the thought violin. he did the baseline. So you got this little kid, Johnny, fucking getting it, getting it. Like, let's go. Yeah, I don't even know what he's saying. Round and round and round goes round. Devil around to the rising sun. Check it out, back up, back it up, boop. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> oh, well. It sounds, that's what it sounds like to me. You go back and listen to that song. The Devil's you know, solo was <laughs> much better. The bass lines and all the demons joined in and sounded something like this. Way cooler. So I think the Devil won that. Team Devil. You heard it here first. <laughs> the Devil Shame Cave. But that's, hey, that's just me. What the fuck do I know? I don't know shit about anything. Well, I th- I'd say it's been an honor. I've enjoyed working with you. It's no, yeah. been wild. <laughs> Not all uh, the time. Not all the time. Don't fucking lie. I mean, fucking ass. We do a lot of traveling, and, and so when you're with somebody for a long time, we do, you know, I'm much older, um, so that comes into play, but we've had some we've had some really great times. We've had some really stressful times. <laughs> I am an asshole. All, all for the camera. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm all business. I'm all business mm. to a fault, but uh, I am who I am. Yeah, and I'm I'm also annoying as fuck. Let's be honest here. Yeah, I mean we we've, we've all got our things, but but no, as to say, we went a whole year. We did the whole thing. We had a great time, and we always produced. We always we always entertained the fans, and uh, and I hope that we get to do this again next football season. I think having a time off um, from having to do this every weekend is going to be nice because we're going to be able to really get more creative. And will you stop being nice to me money. again? You Probably. used to be really nice to me. I remember there was this moment at the bar in Austin after we did the Super Bowl show. And you put your arm around me and you're like, you know what? I hate to say this. I don't want to say this. It pains me hmm. to say this, but I'm proud of it. Oh, I must have been drunk. He was a little bit. Hey, but a drunk mind speaks a sober heart. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> because there was there was other people on that trip that were a lot more annoying than you. <laughs> you just kind of overshadowed Oh, really? You. Like who? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah there's well, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, let's just say that some people get drunk and they get very, very... Uh, so there's some fun drunks. There are some angry drunks. And then there are just some fucking annoying drunks. I wasn't even drunk that night. All I wanted to do was talk to Dan Holloway. That's I don't know. I, I don't... I think I, I I wasn't drunk, but I was really in the mood to cut loose, and uh, so I was getting my my drive on, and it was ruined by another person who wanted to get their drive on, but in a different way. They had different intentions of the jive, right? And my jive was just purely just want to dance. I just want to have fun by myself. Want to dance by myself? Dancing with myself. Have a good time. I don't mind dancing with somebody else, uh, as long as it's you know semi flirty. I don't want to go full flirt. I don't want to go full like. I'm in this because break I want them to. when you're grinding with yeah, them. Yeah, bend over to the front, touch yeah. your toes. Yeah, like I want to keep it classy. I want yeah. to keep it real as a married man. And so that was, uh, yeah, that that was. I think from what I remember on that trip, being people that really annoyed me was that individual who just uh, wanted me inside of them on the dance floor, hmm. and uh, and I didn't want to be there. All right, just say it. We know you're talking about Bradley Andel. <laughs> who again was another oh, guest boy, on our show funny. drove uh, all the way from Tennessee and delivered no, your uh, like, song if, if I had to dance with a dude on Drinking Bros I think I would dance with Dan- Bradley Andel he's that the prettiest be, he is the prettiest but no Bradley Andel is a fun character every time around him just a genuinely sweet guy with a sweet heart and will do anything for anybody and I forgot yeah, yeah we can't talk Drinking Bros without talking Bradley Andel that guy is a, a character of course his friend the pirate um uh, you know that was a, a great His story having him on the pirate show. Hunter, the pirate hunter, yeah. Um, signs by veterans who shout out. They made me a wonderful, Absolutely. and they're just Absolutely. great people. But that was another really fun show. But yeah, yeah I mean, no, Bradley Andel is Bradley Andel took me and Jimmy in for a night. We slept on his floor. Mm. Um, I had I brought my um 
my air mattress, and then left it there for Bill Schofield, another drinking bro that we got yeah. a shout out. Yeah. And um, I haven't gotten it back yet. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't I'll think I, I don't, I don't think if it's, if it's in the hands of Schofield, I'm not sure that you want that back. Yeah, it's going to be real crusty. That's it's gonna, gonna I'm going to try to blow crusty. it back up. It's just going to be stuck together. I think that dude jerks off more than I do. Uh, really? I, I have oh, a you feel. guys should have I've a 24 hour jerk off marathon. I'd like to do that with, um, I'd like to do that with uh, Jack Mandeville. Ooh. But I want to do it in the same room. I don't want to be in the same room jerking off with, with Schofield. But I think Jack <laughs> Mandeville, I think he and I sitting across from each other, 24-hour jerk sesh, I think, uh, I think he and I would go all in. I think we would give it our best shot. We're not losers. Um, we're not put on this earth to lose. We're put on this earth to win. And I, I think that would be a competition to end all other competitions. Well, you said that your, your record is seven, right? Seven. No, that's sex. So then, Seven times in one day. No, eight is the record. I tried to beat that record on my birthday by having sex more than eight times or at least tying it. I made it to seven. I got to be honest. At 37, I made it to seven times in one day and she got pregnant Do you, like, that day. Do you take testosterone booster? Nope, or Absolutely not. That's crazy because me, I got to be honest, like I'm fucking 29. I have sex once. But I'm see, like, it wasn't oh, like God. what you think. Like some people are like seven times in a day. Gosh, I can't even do it twice in a day. So like the, the, it was two in the morning. The first, so we drank the night before on the 17th of July. We drank um, a couple bottles of wine for my birthday. We had some, uh, you know, really great food. The kids were in bed. So at 2 a.m., she was like, it's your birthday. Um, it might have been earlier than that, but we, were, we got done having sex at 2. And then we woke up at 7, and I woke up about 7.30-ish. Um, and again, uh, she had crawled over. We did the thing. She was like, happy birthday. I was like, great. So that's, that's two. And then right before lunch, I had to leave. I had to go. And she said, you want to knock it out one more time before you leave? And I said, sure. And then she says, I think we can break our, break our record today. And I was like, okay, game on. So we did it. I went to do my thing. I came back around two o'clock, um, for, for, an, you know, just midway throughout the day before I had to go back to the distillery. We knocked it out then. Then I was going back to the distillery. We knocked it out before we went to the distillery. So now we're up to four or five. And then um, that night we did it uh, at six. Then we did it outside um, around the corner of the house um, while the kids were upstairs cleaning. And so we had went down and, and around the house. And then uh, then we did it in the sunroom. Uh, and then we tried to do it like around 11.55, right before bed. And it was the most disappointing nut I've ever had. I was going to say, it must have just been dust coming out. It was very it was very weak. I was almost like embarrassed with myself. I was like, oh my God, is my penis broken? And that was seven. I never could. No, that's a record I don't think I could beat. Um, I'm training for it. But I'm I, for it right I I'm going to beat it this year. I think I've beat you with how many different women in one day. Oh, probably. Oh, yo, I know you've done. I know you've beat me. There. How many different women or people have you had sex with the one is it only just, uh, been just the one? Two. Just oh, two. two in one day had sex with two people in one day okay yeah mine is four and if anyone has beaten me on that please message really? me the details i thought it would be more uh no oh, as far in as in high day. school in yeah four in one day i was in high school i was like 18 years old and that was when i could fuck all day i'm fucking 10 years later i'm like yeah give me one and i'm good let me take a nap maybe i need some testosterone boosting some. Who wants to juice me up? Anyone want to juice me up out there? Oh, God. I don't want to juice you at all. Vials? Disgusting. See, I, no, I'm not so. actually... See, I talk about needles. I'm not doing any needles. I'll take a fucking pill, I guess. But if it makes my dick grow, then so be it, you know? Well... I, I need all the help I can get. This was a fun show. It was a great last show. Uh, and what a way to finish. But um Ba-dum-psh. Thank you, guys. Every single person that came to a game that copied our recipe, that tagged us in a post, that follows us, that sends us all the great vibes all the time, that laugh with us. Uh, 